empathy, to be secure and to feel loved. How about when your parent or grandparent or guardian would give you a curfew or make you get up early so you wouldn't miss church or do your homework? That was the worst. Did they always nag you about brushing your teeth or cleaning your room? We all had a misconception at the time that they were out of line. My room was just fine the way it is. I know exactly where my pink jacket is. It's a fourth of the way under the bed, due west, under the bag I took to my best friend's house a week ago. My teeth will keep, well, until they rot out. But through reflection and remembrance, we see that they were in charge of us. They had authority to discipline and guide us while having our best interest at heart. If we all didn't have an authoritative parent or guardian growing up, I couldn't imagine how different and scary the world would be today. Now let's take a look at John chapter 2, verses 13 through 22. You may read along in your Bible or the words or be provided on the screens. The Passover of the Jews was near, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple, he found people selling cattle, sheep, doves, and the money changers seated at their tables. Making a cord of whips, making a whip of cords, he drove all of them out of the temple, both the sheep and the cattle. He also poured out the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. He told those who were selling doves, take these things out of here. Stop making my father's house a marketplace. His disciples remembered that it was written, zeal for your house will consume me. The Jews then said, what sign can you show us for doing this? Jesus answered them, destroy the temple, and in three days I will raise it up. The Jews then said, this temple has been under construction for 46 years, and you'll raise it up in three days? But he was speaking of the temple of his body. After he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this, and they believed the scripture and the word that Jesus had spoken. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's begin by talking about the Passover and why it was so important to Jesus. It was the first and most important annual feast celebrated. Passover was a week-long celebration of God's deliverance of the Jews from the slavery out of Egypt. People came from all over. They traveled a great distance to offer a sacrifice at the temple and partake in a feast. Josephus, a Jewish historian, wrote that the Passover that on Passover, the population of Jerusalem swelled to more than 2 million Jews as they made their pilgrimage to the temple for the celebration. The temple was regarded as the most sacred place ever, a place where you had direct access to heaven. The scripture also tells us that Jesus went up to Jerusalem. That's because he literally, literally traveled up a mountain. Jesus was literally climbing up to Jerusalem. This was probably no easy trip. Parents, this is an awesome point to tell your children, by the way, if they complain about getting up and going to church, well, you just tell them, well, you get to ride in a car. Church was so important to Jesus, he literally climbed up a mountain to get there. As we read on, the scripture said that Jesus arrived at the temple. He found people selling cattle, sheep, doves, and there was also the money changers with all their money. So you can imagine when Jesus arrived at the temple, it was kind of like a flea market or a cattle sale. One could imagine that the smell was probably nauseating. 
Instead of the temple being filled with engaging incense, you were so-called hit in the face with the smell of excrement or if you've ever been to a poorly managed rest area. That image along with the smell is an unforgettable experience. Once, one I'm sure that they would have liked to have forgot. You see, the temple had areas in which only certain people or priests were allowed. The Gentiles were only allowed in the outermost courtyard. This is where we find the people selling the money and selling the animals and exchanging all of the money. The scripture continues with Jesus making a whip of cords and driving them all out of the temple. He even overturns the money tables. He told the dove sellers to get these things out of here. It angered Jesus that these people were oppressing the Gentiles. Through higher prices for animals needed for sacrifice to not even having access to the courtyard for worship, they were taking advantage of the Gentiles. This angered Jesus. Jesus then proceeded to say, Stop making my father's house a marketplace. Now let me repeat that. Stop making my father's house a marketplace. You see, this was very, very important as to this was the first time that Jesus identifies God as his father. He makes claim to be the son of God. His disciples then remember that it is written, zeal for your house will consume me. The disciples were finally beginning to acknowledge the scriptures and also beginning to deepen their faith in Jesus. The Jews were like, who does he think he is? What authority or right does this man have to come and disrupt business in the temple? So, of course, they wanted a sign. Jesus told them to destroy the temple and that he would raise it up in three days. You see, he was offering something better. Jesus was actually speaking of his death and resurrection. The temple would be removed and God would replace it in a more perfect state with Jesus. By saying this, Jesus was preparing the disciples for what was to come, but they didn't understand at the time. The Jews were like, are you nuts? It's been under construction for 46 years and you'll raise it up in three days? They could only understand what Jesus was literally saying. But Jesus was literally speaking of the temple of his body. After Jesus' death and resurrection, the disciples reflected and remembered of what Jesus had said about their faith. And God's word deepened and became alive for them. Finally, they truly understand who Jesus was. He was the Son of God. Who do you say this Jesus is? Is he a teacher? Is he a nut job? A counselor? A madman? A great storyteller? The son of God? Or maybe he's a stranger. Maybe you don't actually know who Jesus truly is. Is he someone you just go to when you need something? when you're in a real pickle? Or is he a friend? Maybe he's your best friend. In John, we get to hear real, true eyewitness accounts of the events that took place where Jesus reveals his true identity. 
By reading and studying the scriptures, these experiences become alive. And our personal experiences with scripture become alive. Jesus becomes real. Not just a character in a book, but a real, live, breathing person who walked this earth. Through reflection, we begin to relate and understand and know we are to be like this person. This Jesus. We are to be temples and live in a way pleasing to God to be a reflection of heaven, if you will. So what can you do? Take the time to stop and reflect on your life and how God has been working in it. Read, study, and apply the scriptures to your life so that Jesus' true identity will be revealed in and through you. Be intentional about sharing your understanding and experiences with others. What if we all did this? What if we all reached out and helped others in their understanding of the the scripture and the application of his word to their lives? What if we all went out and shared our personal experiences with others about how Jesus has worked to transform our very own lives? More people would be introduced to Jesus and his true identity as our Lord and Savior, the Son of God, and his love would continue to grow throughout for the transformation of this world. Will you join me as we close in prayer? Heavenly Father, help us to take time and reflect and to remember what you have done in our lives, Lord. Help us to understand the scripture and apply it to our lives so that others will see and be led to you. Lord, we thank you so very much for your son, Lord, and that we all know that he is our one true Lord and Savior. Help us to take this word, apply it to our lives for the transformation of the world for your will to be done. In your precious name we pray, amen. Thank you so much, Laura, for that good word. And I will offer this benediction for you today. As you go throughout this week, be still and know that he is God. Amen.